0: reading and hearing all sorts of conflicting information about AI, artificial intelligence, and wondering what impact that might have on you? Well, welcome to AI for Creatives, a podcast by creatives for creatives, connecting you to the world of AI, web3, blockchain, and beyond. Join our hosts, Camila Sanders and Nova Lorraine, as we explore new ways AI empowers creatives and highlight leading industry innovators, utilizing amazing new tools to pave the way for our future. Get inspired and educated by fellow creatives, revolutionizing the industry and exemplifying new ways to gain creative independence and sovereignty. We aim to preserve humanity in this fast evolving digital world and creatives are a powerful force to do that. Be a part of the conversation as we take the reins of AI and shape a
1: positive narrative for our future. Welcome to another episode of AI for Creatives, where we are connecting art, innovation, and humanity. I am Nova Lorraine, and I am here with my co-host, Camila Sanders. And we, on this podcast, through the information that we share, aim to provide inspiration and empower our listeners to take action so we all can come together to preserve humanity in this fast-evolving digital world. So Camilla, as we always do, we share with our listeners what we've been up to before we dive into the episode. And today we are going to be talking about AI concerns, ethics, and solutions. And so I would like to hear before we go into that, because it's I'm so excited for today's conversation, by the way, um, what have you been, what have you been up to? Yeah,
0: I am super excited for our conversation today, too. Um, so what have I been up to? I am so happy and excited. I feel like I birthed another child. Ooh, <laughs> so okay. so I think I had mentioned this before, a project that I'm advising on, and it's called Museum of Presence. And so oh it's goodness. basically a newspaper. It's art and meditation in a newspaper, so basically, I like to think of it as a museum and a newspaper. So, this newspaper has um, artists featured artists that are exhibitors. It has musicians. It has playlists from local DJs and people in the music scene in Nashville. Mm. And the the whole thought of it, or the premise of it, is that you know artists are constantly you know trying to get recognized, trying to get into museums, and so we're taking the museum. And we're putting it in a newspaper and we're bringing it to Mm. the public, right? And these are black and brown artists that you may or may not have heard of, but they're really creative. They're really special. They're doing their thing. And it's at local coffee shops in Nashville. Mm. The interesting thing about it, since I'm talking about it on the podcast, is that the way that people access to listen to the music or to listen to the meditations or to listen to the artist talking about their artwork that's in the newspaper is through a QR code, right? Mm-hmm. So you click the QR code and it the artist is walking you through the exhibit or you're listening to the playlist and you're experiencing it. And it's really kind of like that baseline, old school newspaper meets technology. And so I'm so excited about what's to come in the future, the next, the next exhibition or the next um, issue that comes out and how we can integrate even
1: more technology into it. Amazing. Absolutely love that idea. So yeah, I would be excited too. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. In terms of what I've been up to, I saw a really great movie from an entertainment perspective. Um, I'm going to resist the name. Should I just say the name of it, or should I just be okay with spoiler alerts, or what would you recommend?
0: Oh man, I'm okay with <laughs> spoiler alerts because I have the most horrible memory, and I'm okay. my brain is so creative that I can just pretend that I've never heard anything from <laughs> anything, our conversation. Anything. So, so I would say. Go ahead and say it, but okay. I'm going to give everyone the chance right now if you want to like <laughs> loop forward a little bit because you don't want well, like to go spoilers. into detail yeah. now. I won't go I into just... too much detail,
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. but I will give the spoiler alert warning ahead of time. So, um, I recently with my family went and saw Mission Impossible, which, if you're a Mission Impossible franchise fan, it did not disappoint, um, but it's very, very relevant to this podcast and what we're going to be talking about today. And so that was, that was a ton of fun, but it really made me step away from just the entertainment value of the movie and really question, you know, the, the theme, the underlining theme of the story and how do we prevent, you know, something going really wrong in, as it relates to digital technology and there's obviously a camp that's super excited about it. And then there's a camp that's really afraid of it. And we'll get into that in a second. But what else I've been really um, excited about in terms of what I'm working on is the community that I'm building of female innovators and entrepreneurs. And that is called the House of Nova Collective. And so we're we it's not publicly launched yet, but we are curating both our founding team members and our initial um, community members personally. And it's built around well-being, Web3 and AI education, as well as digital and digital fashion and art. So our members are able to actually touch and play with the technology through collecting items that really I would say incorporate their self expression. And so it all ties back to well being, you know, financial well being, emotional well being, physical well being, spiritual well being. And so, really, really excited because we are in a time where we need more connections in real life, like true relationships, sisterhood. And We have a lot of surfacey relationships, thanks to social media and our fans and followers. But I think that to really progress and accelerate and continue to make the impact that we're making as entrepreneurs and innovators is to have that support system, those cheerleaders times 10 or 100 or 1,000 behind us. So that's the House of Nova Collective. And what else? Continuing to work behind the scenes on the collection that I'll be debuting under the House of Nova and speaking and teaching. And, um, I am working on an AI course, which I believe I mentioned, you know, due to requests from individuals. So that will be coming out very soon as well. And yeah, so that's what I've been up to. And then of course, enjoying just the last few weeks of summer, which I'm trying not to think about so much because I love the summer. It's probably my favorite season. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been up to.
0: Wow, that is amazing, and I love what you said about the House of Nova Collective and how we need connection and we need deeper connections. And I'm just gonna have to ask you, like, how do people, you know, stay up to date with with what you're doing there or be a part of it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So it is; individuals are personally invited to join. There is an application process, but um, anyone can. Fill out the application if they are if they don't get the personal invite. And there is a House of Nova page on LinkedIn. So if you search House of Nova and um, it will, you know, discuss the collective as well. And there is a link to the community page for the collective. So I would recommend go to LinkedIn and uh, look for House of Nova and then you can access it through our company page. And then last but not least, um, our community platform is on nas.io. So N-A-S dot I-O. So if you also just directly type in nas.io N-A-S uh, forward slash house of Nova, it'll also come up there. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so super excited. So let's dive in as it's, it's crazy, like all the news that's going on right now. And, you know, again, just coming off of seeing this movie, which was very entertaining, um, very high octane, but it, it lends itself to a very serious conversation about the concerns around AI. And this is something that you and I touch on in each episode. You know, we try to wrap up our episodes, especially around how can we use these tools in a way that are human first, that are you know, focused around the benefits for humanity as opposed to how it can go really wrong. But it's really important to also look at that aspect so we can see the sense of urgency and our listeners can understand the sense of urgency of understanding, like finding the time to educate themselves about the technology, touching the technology and understanding what's coming, you know. Um, we have, obviously, our jobs will be affected, affected, our personal lifestyles will be affected. But it's so important for us to just take a moment and say, okay, either you like AI or you don't like AI, let's take the emotions out of it. This technology's here, it's evolving at an incredible rate, and as humans, we need to understand how this is going to impact our society, mm-hmm. our homes, our personal lives, our jobs our livelihood. I mean, so that's, that's the reason why I think this episode is so important.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you made me think, um, because actually summer is over for me because my kids are in school, but you made me think about math. It's like math is like either you don't like it and you're going to do horrible on it, or you just embrace the fact that it's there <laughs> and you accept it <laughs> and you keep going and you get decent grades in it. <laughs> You just keep going. Just accept you it. Just, you going. just keep going. Like okay, I, I'm just going to accept. I'm just going to accept that, it, that it's here. <laughs> let's go. You know, let's to get these answers right. Let me just try to understand what's going on.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Well, let's. I want to just talk about some of the news, the headlines, and how it's going to lead into the these concerns that we're going to discuss and ethics around AI, and and then what are the solutions? At the end of the day, we don't want to end this off in a negative on a negative note. We want to share insight on what we can do about it because we do have a place in how this technology moves forward. And so, but some of the things that I was really interested in, besides some really cool tools, you know, as a designer and creator, um, there's tools coming out where you can literally take a photo and, and put it into the AI platform and it turns it into a 3D model and immediately I was thought about like, oh, I'm going to 3D model my shoes. I'm going to 3D model my house. I'm like Like I was already thinking about, oh, wait, like I have a, a an old collection of samples from my original line. And I'm like, I'm going to take photos of these and 3D model these. So there's, I'm super excited about that. So that's one of the things, one of the tools that I'm anxious to use. And, and there's these really amazing music tools that We're now text to music and before the music was sort of hideous, but it is incredible what the AI can do. And for anyone that's podcasting and needs, you know, um, license free music or if you are a content creator or maybe a filmmaker, there's so many use cases and or maybe you're a songwriter and you want to put your your words to melody. There's so many use cases for these tools. And we'll go into these tools in more detail on another episode. But those are some of the things that had hit the headlines. If you're if you're a creator and you're looking for new tools, Claude 2 is another one that's competing with ChatGPT uh, 4 very soon. Um, and it's, it's improving at an incredible rate. So there's a lot of advantages of Claude 2. I've used both. Right now I still prefer ChatGPT 4. But Claude does have a lot of advantages to it, Claude too. But then I came across this video, and Camille and I were talking about this earlier, where now we're talking about cloning with AI, where individuals can literally clone themselves, their voice, text anything into the platform, and they now have themselves saying anything without physically speaking or recording on video or audio. That is crazy. (laughs) Like I have to just put the pin there and it's like, wait, 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 wait.
0: So cool. And I love it. I can't wait till it gets even more.
1: I don't know. I'm afraid of it a little bit. Like I, I mean I can see the possibilities, right? Because we could literally do a video podcast without Turning our microphones on. That I get, part.
0: That's that. part. I need to be in like multiple places at one time. I need to create content with something that looks like me and sounds like <laughs> me. I mean, if if I this is like solving all my content woes. And, and well, we, yes. we know it's all about content. And you know what something interesting that I've seen a lot lately, just in every day, is people putting AI tools into their Zoom calls. Like for example, Fireflies, like the note-taking tools. Like there's some AI that's listening to the conversation, recording it, taking notes, things like that. So it would even be interesting to send an AI tool like that, that's taking notes,
1: but then also looks like me. (laughs) I just, when the first time I saw one of the note-taking tools, in the meeting and the person wasn't there, I was like, what is going on? This is freaky. Or when they left and their tool was still on and I'm like, okay, I get it. But I'm not sure if I'm fully ready for all of the implementation of the tools, especially the cloning, because there are so many bad actors out there. And once the AI learns, and we're gonna go into this, right? So we can kind of take people through how AI learns and as exciting as it is as a content creator to be sitting on the beach in Hawaii while your clone is doing your next podcast or video, YouTube video, <laughs> what are the ramifications of that as well? And how do we put parameters and guardrails around the use of the technology so it doesn't go rogue or doesn't go sideways? Because if I have this clone of myself in my voice, And we've seen this happen with a Drake song that hit the news, and there was a whole bunch of controversy around that. That was not him, but AI was used to create a song to sound like him. If someone has access to that, and now, Camilla, they're saying that you were at this place, not at this place, but you were, you know, they let's say they hacked your social media, and now they're doing an Instagram Live of supposedly you saying all these things, and it's not you. And so how do we protect ourselves for you know if we create these tools or if someone else has access to create a clone of Camilla where it's not used in a way that can be super harmful. And these conversations need to happen now. We need we don't need to wait for months for a court case to be solved to have maybe one resolution or half resolution of one use case. We need to have committees of diverse voices coming together discussing probabilities and coming up with solutions now because the tech is growing and increasing in terms of its abilities at such a fast rate. And we're going to go into that. So we're not just making this up.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Like it's, it's, I mean, I think you, I think everyone can feel it. Like it's, it's a new tool every single day uh, more and more people are getting on. And like you said, the Zoom calls, it is kind of creepy. The AI is there. You didn't even ask me. <laughs> exactly. Okay like, can you
1: ask me know? if it's okay for the AI to record this? Right. I, right. Right. So absolutely. Yeah, let's get into it. So I think the biggest impact that's been discussed is who is going to be replaced. Are creatives going to be replaced? And we we've talked about this in our last podcast and jobs. We did a separate podcast around AI and jobs and went into a lot of detail there. But when you have reports where, you know, according to BBC earlier this year, where you have as as high as 300 million jobs being replaced by AI, that's a huge number. And what are those jobs and what does that mean? And, you know, what does is, what is the, the short term look like for individuals and how can they prepare themselves in the midterm and long term? And that is something that will impact our livelihood if we are one of those individuals, maybe the artist or the customer service rep or the graphic designer or the paralegal, you know, that will be on the front line due to these tools. And so to me, it's it's a surprise that we don't have a news flash and a headline across all of our platforms around how we are going to prepare for the job shift. And then from the bigger conversation, the shift around our livelihood—that also is in the near future.
0: Yeah, I think you know when it comes to jobs, and I've had a lot of them I've <laughs> worked a long time. You know, over well, obviously I still work, but but um, but it, it's all about productivity, right? How productive are you being, even from the customer service person? or the person that's bagging your groceries, or even the executive, like how productive are you being? Even as an entrepreneur, how productive am I being? Am I using my time wisely? And I think what's happening with our jobs is we always expect, we always want more productivity. And if AI can help us to be more productive, then that's going to be something that is going to be integrated into our jobs and also something that people that are hiring are going to expect like hey you're in marketing or whatever creative field that you're in can you use these tools so you can be more productive so you can have more output and even faster output
1: absolutely i mean it's it's going to be a shift a shift um i feel a gradual shift where those that have the training knowledge and skill sets that involve AI will be in higher demand and those that don't will be replaced first. And it's not anything that I'm um, looking forward to or promoting, but it is, it's just the facts. I mean, you have those that are creating the tools that are saying this and you have, you know, of course, the reports that are coming out that's sharing this. And it's, it's as a listener, as a consumer, as an entrepreneur, as a create, creator how do you position yourself where you aren't displaced you know and and without warning you know how do you prepare and and it doesn't mean everyone needs to like incorporate or 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 launch a new ai business for example but it's being aware and preparing yourself if you are the shoemaker and well if you're a shoemaker and you're still making shoes and you have customers you're probably okay (laughs) But, um, but, and that's a good thing. like maybe it's the hand skills, these really fine you know, hand skills or crafts um, uh, craft craftsmen and craftswomen that will be sought after. you know, so it's again, it's just being aware of what's coming and educating yourself or upskilling, you know, if your parents have these conversations with your children, it's not just about jobs, but it it's also about privacy, you know, it's about ethics. And we should all have a voice in how these technologies are being developed and used. But if we are unaware, how are we going to take a seat at the table if we don't know the language and we don't know the questions to ask or the concerns that we're bringing to the conversation?
0: Yeah, that's so true. It's about embracing or not even embracing, but like working alongside with what is happening and how the world is changing, right? And I mean, if I think of any of my friends that have worked for in a job or even the jobs that I do, like there's always some grunt work, like whether you're an accountant, whether you're in marketing, whether you're a creative, there's grunt work (laughs) in a sense that happens. And I think AI is going to replace a lot of that. And I even think about corporate, how... We constantly talk about work-life balance. Like, is it now, is it going to be the opportunity to have some extra time to actually use our brains and to kind of just live as humans and take that time? And then also really defining, like, what is what is work? Right. Because I, right. think, I think we talked about this in a previous episode when I was saying, like, yes, AI may, may take all these tasks from us, but now it's going to give us the freedom to be able to think and to be able to do the things that we enjoy and maybe to, to just go take a walk and maybe to have those yeah. deeper com- uh, connections with human beings. Like maybe now we'll actually have the time to
1: just be human. Right. Instead of yeah. doing stuff all the time. Yeah, I mean, the 4-hour work week, it wasn't a popular book for no reason. <laughs> like, I- <laughs> you know, if if you only had to spend 4 hours on tasks that you didn't enjoy and the rest of the time you're doing what you love. And even if it's the way you earn, if you're doing what you love, it doesn't seem like it's work. But when you're taken away from your family, when you're taken away from hobbies that you really enjoy, when you're taken away, you know, from time to spend, you know, Giving back to you and and nurturing you, it does become more of a drag than not. And if you're doing that 40, 60, 80 hours a week, that eventually leads to burnout, depression, and then even worse for some people. So we see this trend. We know jobs are going to change and evolve. We know many roles will be replaced. And it's our responsibility to educate ourselves. But then why else should we care? Right? And Do we even understand how this is happening? And I think it's important for us to just learn a little bit about the technology and how it learns and why it's learning so quickly. So, and Camille and I, we were talking about this before we turned the mics on, you know, BARD, which is a product of Google, when asked some of the developers that are the ones creating this technology, how it learned certain tasks, they did not know. They did not know how it advanced at the rate that it advanced, that it literally taught itself. And so with generative AI, these are self-learning algorithms. And you know, one individual doesn't even equate what we're seeing now um, in terms of generative AI to machines. It says machines, you it's a toaster. You put the you push the button and it sits for a few seconds and then it pops up, you know, toast your bread and it pops up. When we're what we're talking about are what you know some call you know potentially sentient beings that mimic what we would look at as things that humans need and how humans evolve and how humans learn. And so just pulling from a podcast that I recently listened to with Mo Gaudet you know he was the a past chief business officer of Google he said that just from working around the machines being around them that they've expressed the sentience the sentient quality about them now are they sentient or not he didn't want to get into that debate but he said they definitely you know had this quality that was analogous to life human life and that they assimilated this way of life that's similar to our own intelligence. Now, this is someone who's been around machines, pre-generative AI, robots. He's you know worked around them, uh, helped develop this technology. And, and he is saying that he's seen them simulate a way of life that is similar to our own intelligence. And he feels that how they're similar to us is that they're autonomous. They develop their own intelligence. They're born at a certain point in time. They evolve together. They reproduce. They are encouraged to create improved copies of themselves. Like, just think about ChatGPT and OpenAI. They have agencies in the world, like ownership. They are at risk of being turned off. And so these are the similarities that they have as it relates to human life. And so they will also have that desire to survive just like humans have a desire to survive. And three rules of survival are resource allocation, self-preservation, and creativity. And again, this is according to Mo Gaudet and he he has a new book out. Um, I think it's called Scary Smart, if I'm not mistaken. And he goes into more detail. And from a creativity standpoint, finding alternative ways to solve problems. This is really fascinating, but it it lends itself to show us how urgent it is for us to really understand what's happening and understand the tools that we're using and training. What are your thoughts, Camila?
0: Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you had mentioned before about ethics, right? Because... If AI is mimicking at least uh, what humans are doing and they are modeled after humans and like you said they're they're about self-preservation they're about uh, resource allocation and creativity which is very human you know how are we? controlling what is happening like who is in control because you said like like a bar like we don't know how they're advancing of course they're they're going to advance at a certain level that and do things that we cannot necessarily even understand right or even have the capacity to to take the time to do and to teach it and so what what are the inputs it always goes back i think if you listen to the first episode i'm sure we talked about what are the inputs? who is who is putting these inputs in to teach the AI what mm-hmm. is good, what is bad? you You right. talked about ethics before, too. you mentioned that like who mm-hmm. are who are the people that are creating all of, like who are the people behind Bard? Who are the people behind open AI that are creating all these tools and putting in all these inputs? How is AI learning? What is it learning from? What types of human beings is it learning from? And I think that goes back to. Us saying that you have to like embrace the technology because it should be learning from everyday people, not necessarily just the developers, right?
1: Absolutely. I mean, it's just like if you look at it as a child, and you know, I have four children, I'm a parent. So, but if you even if you're not a parent, you probably have a niece or a nephew or a friend that has a child or some, but if you're looking at teaching a child and guiding a child and you had a choice of leaving that child (laughs) with a caregiver for, let's say 12 hours, that's a good amount of time. And, And what would that profile of the caregiver look like? And would it be someone that you felt was nurturing or not so much? Would it be someone that you felt would hug the child? Or teach the child to be aggressive? Would it be someone that you felt had good intentions, you know, in terms of their actions in the world, or someone that didn't? And this is if you have a choice and you're saying, I'm going to leave my child with this individual for 12 hours, or let's say 12 days. Let's just say for whatever reason, 12 days. Now you're going to be even more critical on that selection of who you're leaving their child with. And so when we're looking at ai and we're and we're looking at generative ai where it is learning from us where we decide to teach the machine to observe our behavior our patterns our language and give us solutions and do it better and do it faster and create more of it and so we're teaching this machine, this technology, to be a better version of ourselves. And so when we have children, we're hopefully raising a child that we want to, you know, have bigger dreams accomplished and be healthy and productive and and be independent. And so we're raising up this this being. And so if we're looking at this blank canvas that's looking at us with these wide eyes, this machine saying, what do you want me to do? And we know a lot of this is through text, and prompts that we're putting into the machine or codes and how we're coding the machine, then what are you feeding it? Right? Similar again, I'm going to bring it back to the child again. Are you going to give the child baby food before they have teeth or are you going to give them a carrot or popcorn? (laughs) And so this is something that we need to really, you know, be mindful of. And, and if you were going to give a child a tool, you know, would you teach them how to use the tool properly? And so how do we teach the machine, how do we teach the AI to use our tools, our language, our, our behaviors, or all these things that it's learning in a way that benefits us? Because right now, we're the teachers. They're now teaching themselves, but as entrepreneurs, as creators, as those that are using the platforms, we're also continuing to feed it information about us. And so we still have control from that perspective. Yeah, that's really interesting because if you think about it, human
0: beings in the past have been pretty horrible to each other. And not to say that that's uh, overall you know, how humans are, but do we have enough examples out there if, if some AI was to scour the internet? And then you especially think about propaganda and the way our news is like people say like it's unhealthy to watch the news because it's always sensational, always talking about negative you know things that happen just to get people to watch it. What is AI going to learn by all the data that we have out there? So honestly, I would encourage people to put more positivity out there, right? Because not only are our generations, future generations, learning from what they see and they're learning from the past, but also artificial intelligence is scanning and learning. So how do we put more positivity out there? How do we tell more stories about collaboration? How do we tell more stories about overcoming and discovery and innovation? Like, why don't we start doing that because that's what's going to make the future better for all of us
1: that's right if we're feeding it more positive information and we are correcting it when it's putting out negative information or biased information or aggressive information just like a child we're going to able we're we're able to mold it in a way where we're protecting our own humanity and that's really what this what's at risk here this is why we're even doing this podcast and yes the it's exciting to see technology do what some would call magic um now and you know decades ago they would call the the smartphone magic decades before that they would call television magic, right so we're in this new era of a new form of magic, and this new form can really be a blessing or a curse to humanity. And so it. I believe it is our responsibility to educate ourselves, to understand it, to touch the technology, use it so we can guide, train, teach the technology and create innovations with the technology that keep humans first. <laughs> and that's the point. Not about who's going to be the most powerful, who's going to be the richest, who's going to be the smartest, who's going to be the fastest, because no one's going to win from that perspective. If we want everyone to win, then we need to look at how do we use this technology where humanity as a whole can move forward for the good of humanity.
0: Completely agree. (laughs) How do we do that?
1: (laughs) Yeah. How do we do that? Well, let's let's you know, we, we touched on ethics and what is ethics, right? I think it's very subjective based on who you talk to and where they're raised and the, you know, the culture they were brought up in. But if we just boil it down to a simple, I'm going to treat you the way I want to be treated. If I don't want a black eye, I'm not going to give you a black eye. Right. And so, um, treating individuals, other individuals with the compassion and if we build that into the technology and we teach the technology to be compassionate to you know look at humans as something that they want to protect and so how do you protect humans and you know how what are those things that are defined as compassion and then build that into the the algorithms and the codes and and teach the machines this and so they teach each other to be more compassionate. Since they're already teaching each other, there was a an example of I don't know if it was Bard that was just started speaking in in another language, like completely on its own. It wasn't prompted. It was asked to give give a response, and it responded in, in a completely different language. And I can't remember what language that is now. Yeah, it wasn't a
0: language um, that I, I someone remember that. Yeah, it wasn't a language that I personally know. <laughs> But basically it was a language that they didn't program into it. It just kind of.
1: Right. And it just decided to speak in another language that they didn't (laughs) program. I'm like, wow, this is pretty incredible. And if it is self-teaching and self-learning and wanting to preserve itself, then what challenges does that bring up? So in terms of ethics, I think we have to, you know, not skew it based on one person's religious point of view, one person's political point of view, or one person's desire for power or entity. Um, We really need to look at, again, just bare, bare basics as human to human. How do we create this technology where each of us are treated the way we want it to be treated? And we know for a fact, that if you ask the populace, you know, what's important to you, what do you want, and everyone, you know, oh, someone wants a car or someone wants to be loved or someone wants this or that. But the three responses that come back universally universally include that they want to be happy, they want their loved ones to be happy, and they want to be loved, and they want to love. So- that is something that we can again build into the equation, and that's something that Mo uh, Godette shares as well. If we if we are looking at what are the things that on a fundamental level that we want as humans, then let's tell the machine that. So what they're what they're doing, their behavior is about creating output that is about helping us love and be loved, helping us be happy, helping our loved ones be happy. So it seems simple. But it, unless we're talking about it, un, unless people are proactively, you know, using the technology with that intention, you know, who knows what we're going to get at the end of the day. Yeah.
0: And the there's, there's a certain level of control and a certain level of chaos, in a sense, right? Because we know what outcome we want. We want to love. We want to be loved but how do we get there and if we're putting that input into the machine to say hey this is what we ultimately want is the machine is ai figuring out okay well this is how you get there and we may not like the how right and so i think it's right. i think it's a balance of being able to accept a certain level of uncertainty and a certain level yeah. of certainty and controlling the things that you can control And one of the things that you definitely can control is going back to that connection and that deeper connection with the people around you
1: and Mm. giving
0: and helping the people around you, regardless, and maybe even using AI as a tool for that, but regardless Mm. of what advances of technology has or whatever else happens, that you know, there's people that are that are working on these different technologies, whatever happens with the jobs industry or your industry or whatever that is, the creative industry, one thing is for sure that we need to have connections with human beings and we need to have deeper connections with human beings. And so I think that's something that
1: Mm. we
0: focus on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. And I think, you know, that's one path that we can go where the technology is used to automate and create efficiency and produce at scale to allow us time to spend more time with each other. Right. And, you know, once upon a time, that's all that we were doing, you know, once, once we had the roof over our head and we gathered whatever food we needed for the day, the week, the month, what have you, it was about gathering around telling stories, sharing experiences, sharing dreams Getting to know each other, connecting with each other, and how great would that be that we free up more time to do that, to be with who we love, do what we love, you know. I mean, who doesn't want that? And so that is a really, really great and exciting future that can lie ahead. And another future could be really, really uh wrought with control and Yeah, it could be ugly. And so we're very aware as individuals using the technology, teaching um, about the technology that it can go one way or another. And that's why we are doing this show, so we can help inform those that are looking for more information and guidance. And I I am an optimist. So I am looking forward to having more time to create, to paint, to dance, to act, to create music to design fashion, to read books, to write books. Like I love doing all these things. So to share, to educate, like that's great. And if the technology can help me get there without harming anyone along the way, that's a win, 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 win situation. So I think that's the takeaway we want is for individuals to just learn, share what you learn from trusted resources and touch the technology, get to understand it and get involved you know, maybe create an AI ethics committee, you know, there's conversations around conscious technology and conscious AI. And, and so how do we use AI to raise the consciousness of our communities? And so there's a lot that I think we can do, but we first need to be involved, be aware, be educated, so we can have a voice. And we need as many, many diverse voices as possible participating.
0: Yeah, and as you you were talking about this wonderful world that that AI is going to give us time for, to spend more time with our family and things like that, and something popped up in my head, like, you know, I know people are asking, okay, that sounds great and everything, but how can I make money doing that, (laughs) right? (laughs) I would love to do that all day, but how can I make money doing that?
1: And so that's where you have your AI bot in the background and that money.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, that part, too, is, is being more efficient so that you can make money with the things that you're doing. But then also, I think it goes back to when we talk about the creator economy, right, is that now you see people just making money just by being themselves, but just by leaning into something that is very interesting, interesting to them, whether it's like fishing or it's painting and teaching other people how to paint. So whatever your, your strengths are, and you can figure out like what your strengths are, what are people telling you that you're really, really good at, whatever your gifts are, whatever like feels right and feels good to you, like those are the things that you lean in. And then that way when you are working and you're doing something valuable and you're adding something valuable to this world, people are like, this is great. This is something that only you can provide and I will pay you (laughs) for it. Right. right. So it doesn't even feel like work and and you're also able to have that time. You can be efficient in it. You can have that
1: time with your family and your loved ones. Yes, absolutely. I think that's a great place to conclude today's episode of AI for Creatives. Thanks so much for tuning in. Um, I think we could talk about this for another couple hours easily and dive deeper, but we really just wanted to, you know, make the point of how important it is for as many creatives, as many entrepreneurs, as many women, as many diverse voices to participate in this conversation, to create, to innovate with these technologies, to use and be aware of what it can do and where it's going and to share and to share the information as well. We're not talking about a future that's 20 years away. We're talking about a future that's just a few years away. And so we need to share and spread this sense of urgency. So I thank you so much for joining us on another episode. And it is brought to you exclusively by the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. And it is always a joy spending time with you. Again, I am your host, Nova Lorraine. And I am here with my lovely co-host, Camila Sanders. And until next time, ciao. Bye.